Good afternoon, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Canada. I'm your sworn and my co-host as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Arsenal take on Chelsea at the bridge. Um, you know, a very exciting prospect a prospect with Aubameyang, you know, facing his old club. And I think there's a lot of, bit of, you know, after things happening in between. Yeah. And I mean, I guess it was now the much-awaited uh, clash. Uh, even in the warm-up, so you could also see... Um, our Arsenal were really in the zone. I mean, look, normally you can actually see like they're very, you know, relaxed. And I mean, even though pretty much they were relaxed, but I mean, you could see that, that, that you know, they were there at the bridge for, like, you know, on a mission. Yeah, especially with, you know, I don't know who, who watched the Man City game, but I, you know, watched the game and, you know, at 1-1, one, one, I'm thinking to myself, oh, we can go to the bridge with a free hit, you know, we can lose, we yeah. don't draw and, and it won't matter. But, you know, City scoring literally almost with the last kick of the game. And, you know, you could see what it meant to Pep, actually, that God, that they actually are, you know, feeling the heat. And then, you know, over to Arsenal, we have to go to Chelsea. And over the years, you know, whenever Arsenal have to kind of step up in a game of this magnitude, you know, they're always falling short. Yeah. So, I mean, Arsenal start with the first 11. They even start with the first game of the season. That's just, I mean, you can clearly see that he is... Arteta's uh, strongest 11, because, I mean, he's always going to that. Because, look, uh, I mean, Zinchenko was almost, like, close to a month out, and, I mean, he just, like, walks into the team getting that slot. Um, Charles get the game started. Um, Arsenal already began, uh, gained position within the first minute. And, I mean, it also starts showing almost, like, or kind of sets a marker as to how Arsenal are going to do the high press in this game. Yeah, I know, uh, and... It showed that they came here for business, you know, the far start, you know, we didn't ask for anything more. Yeah, and then I mean, third minute, Saka starts getting up and, um, you know, against, uh, in his battle with Cucurella. Um I mean, of course, it's like a whole lot of tussling and, you know, tugging each other, and but I mean, they were, you know, really having a go at each other. Then 10th minute, a big chance for Arsenal, Jesus finds on the rushing uh, Ben White. He doesn't make a clean strike, but I mean, he ends up just dragging his uh, shot past the goal of Chelsea, but uh, they had Mondi panicking. Yeah, no, it was warning signs to them that, you know, um, and relentless pressure as well, which we you know, which we were asking for, but, you know, you need to convert those into goals. Yeah. Then 12 minute uh, Chelsea going also into the game, but also not looking that threatening in the final third. I mean, were you surprised at, at the sort of lack of bite there? Yeah, definitely. You know, it felt like we were just smothering them nullifying them and you know um we have sterling looked weak on the ball Havertz looked weak on it's like we just closed them off i think they, they did it's like they had no answer to us and i think you know bamiang is somebody that if you close him out the game he kind of just drifts into the abyss yeah and i mean i, I don't know for some reason i had uh, um not really epiphany but so like i was just chatting to one of my other friends about um, look, we have already faced Chelsea in the preseason. I think roughly close to the end of the preseason tour in the States. And I mean, what I recall of that game was my friend was asking like, now how I see this this game not panning out. So I said, I mean, it depends. Arsenal are either going to go with that as we now started the high press, or we're going to play them absolutely dizzy like we did in the States. Where I mean, even I can believe what I was watching the way they were picking a ball like like a pinball machine. You know, throughout the field, and, and I'm a Charles yeah. could not cope with it. And I mean, I think in time, Marteta already had, you know, uh, Tuchel's number there in the States. 
and I think also that that sort of mindset is now drifting over into the Chelsea players where, uh, you know, Arsenal have been having the upper end on them now for about three seasons now. Yeah, I know. It, it, it's funny because we've always had Chelsea bully us with the likes of Lampard, Terry and Drogba. Like, I mean, you know, no matter what, we go there and then they always demolish us. And then, you know, Diego Costa and Navas again, I mean, Navas Hazard again, you know. So, it's nice to see us, you know, bullying them for a bit, you know, yes. rightly so. It's been a long time, but, I mean, the uh, normality is restored again. Yeah. Yeah, 90th minute Arsenal, high press, he is Jesus, dispossessed, lost his cheek. He yeah. slalooms into the Chelsea box, but, I mean, he ends up taking too many touches, I found. And, I mean, he ends up, by the time he pulls the trigger, he shot gets blocked. Yeah, no, it's good, good stop by Thiago Silva as well. He, yeah. He's, he's... Any day, because you cut out. Sorry, can you hear me? I think I'll uh, I just cut out there for a second. Yeah, I did cut out, yeah. So uh, I, I was just talking about um, Thiago Silva and that block on, on, on Jesus, but I was still saying he, he showed his, 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 his experience because if it wasn't for... Um, Thiago Silva at that point, you know, even leading up to that 19th minute, Chelsea could have been behind already. Yeah, because I mean, you can see his sort of expertise were now, you know, used and coming out on top really, because I mean, he could also sense probably, you know, he's an onslaught coming here with the way they attack him from all angles. Um, 27th minute, clearly uh, Chelsea were now getting also frustrated. Uh, and then I think in the final uh, third, uh, Aubameyang was now also getting started the ball. And then, I mean, I think it also escalated in that 27th minute where he ended up, you know, going in late on Ben White. I mean, of course, it triggered Arteta to, you know, complain to the fourth official there. Yeah. I mean, also players also kind of stepped up a bit. I mean, I mean not, you know, blowing the top really, but almost like giving a bombing, almost like a sort of, you know, telling off about what was going down there. Yeah, no, I was even pissed if I was showing the red, the red card this should be coming out. <laughs> Uh, then 29th minute, uh, Martinelli skins Aspilicueta and then he ends up launching a fantastic uh, side cross. Jesus narrowly misses and I mean, I really thought, you know, he could have tried, you know, just a, that little bit more to, to reach that ball because I think his timing got totally wrong like, or the way, you, you know, read the flag because I mean, it was actually a perfect cross. Yeah, was that that, was that, that header that when, he, when we made that nice build-up play? When we yes. started all the way from the back, you know, yeah. led to that cross, which would probably would have ended up being a goal of the season. Yeah. But I mean, Jesus' confidence, I think, is lacking. I think was it nine goals, nine games already yeah. that he hasn't scored in. Yeah. Then um, 34th minute, Kai Havertz has a pop at goal. Ramsdale makes a simple save. And I mean, as we approach halftime, then Arsenal dominating things. But I mean, still nothing to show for it. Yeah, I mean, what, what, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, talking through this, all of this, I mean, you know, we only mentioned uh, Bamiyang's slide tackle on um, on uh, and Ben White, uh, Thiago Silva blocked from Jesus, and then, um, you know, Havertz, you know, a tame shot against Ramsdale. It kind of shows that Arsenal were dominating the game. But for me, you know, I felt very stressed out because I felt that we needed to go and score already in that first half the way we were dominating. I mean, I normally keep this stuff from you in a way, but like, there was a point in that first half and I thought, 
Because look, I normally like, you know, like what you were mentioning before, that fast starts and we were actually forced to issue and we actually do get to go. And I was thinking to myself, is this the day where you know person was not just accept <laughs> if we if you know things don't go our way? Because I think what was something to get my stomach churning was just the fact <laughs> I mean we just knew for a fact this game was gonna be decided by just one moment because I'm uh, like we don't have that sort of cutting edge to kill off, uh, you know, to really bury a team. And Chelsea was sort of like blunt in the attack. So I just thought it was going to come down to almost like, a, almost like a kind of special moment that it will edge the game into either, you know, of these camps. Yeah, no, no, no. I, 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 but, you know, Chelsea weren't showing it. But, mm. you know, you, you know it takes one set piece into yeah. the box. And, 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 you know, Gabriel has shown he has that bit of... Um, Mistake in him that you know you could give the ball away or dive in on a silly challenge and Jorginho makes it one no. Yeah, and I mean uh, something that was actually not something to read itself more in the back of my head was, you know, when I do this uh, that uh, breakdown in the uh, the preview like the week before, yeah. and I was just thinking when I saw Thiago Silva's name in the he's third highest assist maker in the in the Chelsea team, and I just thought he's gonna probably do some sort of flick on it. And <laughs> Chelsea were getting. You know, quite a number of corners and, and yeah, yeah, just thought yeah. I was gonna, you know, I, I think I still told my son, I said, you know, like one out of these ten is probably gonna, you know, with our luck, because you know, I was like kind of being miserable in it at, at <laughs> points of the game. And I thought this ball is gonna probably break weird for them and they'll, you know, do the damage. But yeah, second off starts, uh 49th minute, Saliba gets himself into a muddle by you know, it's not like something that did when you into coaching, you always tell the kids or something. Just don't let the ball bounce if you have yeah. if you're in defense. Don't let the ball bounce. Try to meet it first or do a better reading of it. And I mean, he ends up getting himself into a sort of muddle there. Uh, he's you know, Aubameyang tries to put the pressure on him, but I mean, by the time Aubameyang does nick the ball back and then tries to fire off a shot, uh, was it now? Oh, yeah, Saliba end up you know recovering and you know gets a side ahead of the ball and deflects the ball over. Oh, I know that in this instance, Saliba saved the challenge, but what I like about this defense, this back line, is that they help each other out. You know, when one person makes a mistake, yeah. the other one's really, like, you know, while the other one is a bit stunned, you know, the other one's covering up for him. Not like our defense previously, where, where one of them makes a mistake and the whole back line looks stunned at each other. And by the time they realize what's happening, you know, we wandle down. But yeah, good interception by Saliba after. Or good block by Saliba after you know his mistake. Because really what what I actually found cool of that, or actually most of the defensive work that we normally do now in matches, is like as you know said, if the one you know is kind of getting caught out of position, you can actually see someone like Ben White or say Gabriel do a cover defense, and in that same moment they'll actually give a shout to the the guy who's playing out at the left, whether it's Tierney, Zinchenko, or Evo or Tomiyasu, you know, just fill up that pocket where our you know would have been in the same. And as you said. They were, I mean, our, our defense at the time used to look like Swiss cheese with all that holes in, like, you know, the way we used to defend when we were on the back foot. But, I mean, great work uh, by the Arsenal defense at that moment. Uh, then, 61st minute, uh, Martinelli receives a lofted pass from uh, uh, Saka. But, I mean, again, he, he gets, in certain aspects, he gets like, too excited or he wants to go for the spectacular. Because I thought yeah. he had the time to bring the ball down and almost like half place the ball. But, I mean, he ends up just slashing across the ball and I mean, ends up going close to the corner flag. No, you're 100% right. I think even as of that game when we played, I think it was PSV, one of the games, I think it was at PSV, or like we, 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think maybe when we try to go for the spectacular volley or something like that, instead of, you know, just controlling it and maybe opening your foot and placing it. I mean, you don't have to score yeah. spectacular goals. Yeah, I fully agree. Because uh, that, that, that chance is always still, still bugging me in the way of that Southampton game. Um, then 62nd minute, Saka plays Jesus in. I mean, the Brazilian ends up getting himself again into the uh, Chelsea box, gets himself goal side. And let's fly with a you know point blank shot. Monday makes a fantastic save to give away a corner. Yeah, at this point, you know, I'm thinking to myself, uh, is this going to be that day, you know, where we, where we City, you know, overtakes us because we're not going to win. And like, you know, this is where the, like, I'm not saying the wheels come off, but you know, now you have to play catch up to City all of a sudden. Because right now, like, I, I'm not saying that we, we, we in the title race or anything like that, but I'm yeah. just saying, you know, winning what's in front of you. But now it's almost like it puts it, because right now Arsenal have that hurdle looking up. They just kind of can do whatever, win, 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 or whatever the result is. But like now it's like you have to look, like you have to start chasing somebody. And also you don't want to get involved with the other teams that's chasing the top four spots yeah. behind you also. Yeah, but to be honest, I'm, what I also do is, you know, it's like say post-match also. I will normally just give a glance. I mean, of course, we know the, the you know, the sort of uh, wrestling thing going on between Arsenal and, and, and Man City. But then, I mean, my eyes fall on, on third spot, my yeah. eye falls on fourth spot, and whatever. And just, and also, <laughs> yeah. when you put all that aside, then my eyes still go down to Liverpool to see what, how far yes. they, have we, you know, gotten an over enough distance on them. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think it was 12 points you told me, 12 or 15 points yeah, at the moment. Yeah. Could be a bigger now. So, yeah, I think it's, it could be a shortened with it, with them beating Spurs. Um, then, 63rd minute from the ensuing corner, Saka, East Corner ends up going unchallenged across the whole Chelsea box. I mean, I don't know what was going on there. And I mean, up pops Gabriel and he just stabs the ball past the keeper and bundles the ball on 1 0 Arsenal. And then they kind of like, I, I didn't know who scored it at first, but I was so. Yeah. I didn't even celebrate, like, I was just standing bewildered, and I was, like, like just sitting, watching, looking if there's going to be some VAR check or something like that, but, you know, I first thought there was Saka's goal, then I thought there was Gabriel's goal, and the way they were all celebrating, and just, like, like you just saw a very team spirit, and you just saw a Bamiyang's face, you know, like, he's just, yeah. I think he got subbed shortly after that goal. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, I, I fully agree with you, because, I mean, the way Saka ended up running... I think yeah. he, he thought also probably had went straight in from the corner because, I mean, Cucurella was doing some masterclass defending there by just standing and holding Shaka and not even making a sort of attempt to flick a leg out or, you know, hook the ball clear. Yeah, I know. It, it was a good, good goal. Like, it was, a, it was, I can say, a, a goal unexpected because, I mean, the way we were playing and that type of goal we scored, it was like a very scrappy goal, but we were playing beautiful football. Yeah. Uh, then, 64th minute, Chelsea make also a string of changes, which includes holding off a bombing. Then, 76th minute, uh, substitute Broya ends up attacking Arsenal on a, on a decent run. He ends up getting dispossessed, and set on the counter, Odegaard displayed in. And, I mean, he ends up firing high and wide when he had Martinelli free on the left flank. Yeah, it's not the first time he's done it. I think he should have scored... Who did we play? Was it, in, was it last season? Oh, against Liverpool, sorry. This season when we were also like one goal ahead and he missed a, a, a crucial chance to you know, almost double the lead. But, you know, once again, he could have made it 2-0 and I'm thinking to myself after he misses that, I'm like, you know, is this going to come back to haunt us? Is this going to come back to haunt us? 
And I mean, sometimes what I don't get of his thinking, I mean, look, he's a fantastic player, and I mean, you can see his development at Arsenal, but there's moments like that in his decision-making when he's got somebody out free, and, he, he, you know, he manages, he goes for the shot. Then there's days when you actually want him to shoot, then you lay yeah. it off to somebody. Oh, no. It's uh, very frustrating. Yeah. There's the eighth minute Arsenal make the first substitution, Zinchenko coming off, Kieran Tierney uh, coming on. Uh, then 80, uh, 81st minute, a break in play for uh, VAR penalty check after the ball hit Cucurella. I mean, I personally did shout penalty. And me, and me. I didn't even expect that it was that far out. Cause I, I also remember the, when they had that, that uh, you know, the, the commentators also have that the TV ref that they can call upon like themselves or what they think yeah. about the studio ref. And he also said if his foot was on the line of the box, uh, they had to be given. But I think his foot was like just a, a few inches short of the, the you know, the main box. So that is what actually saved him in a way. Yeah, no, I was happy about. I was happy. I was happy thinking it's a penalty, but then I was disappointed. I, I, I was thinking you have to put this game beyond doubt now. Just put this game beyond doubt because you know at one nil anything can happen. Yeah. Then uh, 83rd minute, all ends to the pump for Arsenal. They now you know trying to take this thing out of the game. Odegaard ends up coming off in the 87th minute with El Nini coming on. Uh, you know 90th minute, Arsenal now you know just holding Chelsea at bay. At all costs, as you've seen, the players are also getting frustrated. And that almost like sort of kicks off that moment in the 92nd minute when Xhaka takes the ball to the corner flag to uh, wind down the clock, infuriating Chaloba. And I mean, in the, in the end of shoving Xhaka uh, off the ball, it kind of triggers a sort of pushing and shoving match. Yeah, no, I know. I like how Xhaka was cool and calm and just laughed it off. Yeah. Then. <laughs> 94th minute, uh, Martinelli ends up coming off. Rob Holding coming on. Clearly a wartime wasting sub by Arsenal, but I mean, also clever thinking by Arteta. Then 95th minute, Arsenal catch Sterling in, like, in the offside trap when everybody thought now, you know, he's in a run clear. I mean, one thing I must also add <clears throat> that at times, if, if they really on point Arsenal, the, the offside uh, trap is probably up there with, you know, previous fantastic defensive teams that we had. Because, I mean, I don't know how many times you can see, even if, if one of our guys has just dropped off a bit out of the defensive line, you'll normally take a look across, and when they see uh, there's somebody on the drift, they take just one massive jump forward, and, I mean, you end up getting caught off. Yeah, I know. You know, I think it was, it was quite nerve-wracking, but I think we saw it out through very nicely, and I think we were very proactive in this game. Um, you know, showed a lot of energy and tenacity, and I think... Chelsea, you know, tried, but, you know, it reminded me of, of, of the, um, you know, under the, we'd say the, the latter part of Wenger's reign, when Chelsea was got the better of us, where, you know, we would come there, but Chelsea would just, like, swat us aside. Yeah, and I mean, like, what, <clears throat> 96 minutes when it was, because it looked like the ref, I think, still ran another. Yeah, one from the, seconds, uh, or 30, 40 seconds on that minute. Yeah. And I mean, Ramsdale, you can see, already got the memo. He ends up just roofing the ball straight into the left side of the field. He goes to the corner flag. And I mean, Arsenal, again, just hold the ball up there. And I mean, by the time the ref uh, blows for, for full time, I'm in a sense of relief by all the Arsenal fans. I mean, what a win to go back top of the league. Yeah, I know. Very unexpected. But, you know, excellent, excellent win for the Gunners. And I think, you know, this team is just showing more and more maturity as you go along. And I think, you know, Years of Wenger, and I don't like to compare, I'm not comparing yeah. it too, but I mean, you know, 
we wouldn't have made some of those subs. I mean, Al Neni came on, I think, was it for, um, would you say Al Neni came on for, is it Odegaard? Where they just kind of just, yeah, yeah, yeah. just, just shut up shop and then they're holding sub as well. I know it was to waste time, but you know, to add that extra, you know, we're not going to just go and score another goal now. We're just going to end off where Wenger's team would try to kind of score a second and then concede the one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think there's certain aspects of the game when you can see how they're going to see the game out. And I mean, I think that is also where, look, I'm, I'm sure everybody gets tense when you watch. Yeah. You don't know. Look at the game, get some spoil anyway. And I think when you, you, you can actually feel your, your body on the start, yeah, it's sort of a rigor the state that it goes in. And now, when you actually do feel relaxed, because the minute I saw what Arsenal were trying to do, get that ball in that, that corner flag area, you could see it was just a sort of position game and, and you know, just working that clock down. But I mean, yes, again, good win. And we move on to the Carabao Cup, Arsenal versus Brighton. And now, also, I want to add. Look, this game was only broadcast by Arsenal.com, which I find in a way unfair because yeah. they had, like the night before, you had Leicester playing Newport, which is, I mean, Newport is either League One or something like that. And I mean, clearly that game was on, the Liverpool game against Derby was televised, the Man City, uh, what were they playing? Chelsea, okay, of course, yeah, it's a big tie, but but still, I mean, I thought they would now do a bit more to, to make sort of effort to have our game on TV, but okay, maybe it was, you know, all in all for the good, because, I mean, we ended up losing the game, we get dumped out of the Cup 31, and Ketia was a fantastic goal, but, I mean, nothing much to say, really, because I barely even got to see anything but the Ketia goal. Yeah, I know, me too, I mean, uh, I just remember you telling me we won all up, you know, and then see we flipping uh, at Roy Cup the next morning to your message saying, ah, oh, no, uh, we, 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 we dumped out the competition. Yeah, and I think also the, the, the sort of squad put together also looked like something like we're not really feeling this cup, I mean, in my opinion. But I mean, I fully agree with that private conversation that you and I had because I thought this was also like maybe a run in the Carabao Cup would also give people that are getting kind of frustrated, you know, as a substitute. We this is you want to kind of banking on this for game time, and yeah, now that's all over now with it, yeah, no, no, no. no. And then, like, how many times have we seen a team, you know, springboard from a Carabao Cup victory to something greater? And, I mean, you know, it, it keeps, like you said, keeps players happy, you know, they're playing every second week, you know, with the Europa League games, because that Europa League games are also going to start coming to an end for certain players, because, you know, you're going to want to go there and win it now. I mean, you know, yeah. you maybe draw Barcelona or Juventus or, or whoever in the round of 16, and suddenly you're like, okay, you know what? We, we can't afford to rest everybody. So now Tierney misses out again. And he's been a loyal servant to the team. And he's not a bad player. It's just, it just seems like it's not working out for him. Yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not laughing at Tierney's choice. But I mean, I'm like, somebody now that what? Like, yesterday now, with the Thursday evening Carabao Cup game, I'm not watching almost like things like, uh, uh, let's say, uh, glass half full. Because now I'm sitting there watching United putting four pass Valer in that 4 2 win. I'm thinking, well, they have not extra games, you know, more extra games coming up. They can't really make too many changes because, I mean, then you're going to get deep in. Because, I mean, they don't have a sort of academy that, that say, uh, Man City can play with. Because, I mean, some of Man City's youngsters are, you can see Peppers now, you know, blooding them into the first team and even Champions League games already. So, yeah. I was thinking, so, okay, okay, Tottenham now knocked out already. Liverpool will now probably have extended run still in that thing. Because, 
I heard that the major drama is when the World Cup final is December 18th. Yeah. Between those dates, it's going to be because look, we play boxing, all the clubs play boxing day again. Yeah. Of the World Cup. But in between, all Carabao Cup teams that qualified for the fourth round, well, or sorry, fourth round, they will have to play already on that. that uh, in between, I just don't know which. Let me just check the calendar on my PC quick. Because I just know they will have to somehow have like look. I think most of the players that played at the World Cup are not going to be available, so you're already thinning that aspect, and now you're going to still have to play with also sort of fatigue. Play you know that game also like that. Uh, either yeah. good luck with that. Yes, and I think that uh, the longer I think, even if you look at Man City also. Well, like, look, as I said, I don't think too much of say our stuff, but I was just thinking with Man City. You're getting now, or they're already now in the knockout phase of the Champions League. Now they're also going to get to a certain point in, in, in uh, the new year where they also have to have, you know, when things really get tight in the title race, you you still can't make that sort of massive, uh, you know, squad changes where yeah. Arsenal can still, you know, tinker around look, depending on who we still play. But I don't think Arteta will try to sacrifice almost like everybody, you know, for that. that because I think it, it might even get to a point where we will only take the Europa League thing to a certain degree, but then afterwards probably start focusing, you know, fully on the the Premier League. Yeah. Maybe longer that that uh, that um, the team constraints come on on Man City or whoever's in the chasing pack. Yeah, I, I think if Arsenal's like you know, still having that wrestling match with City, you know, come February March, I think uh, Arsenal might look, you know. Thinking to themselves, look, we will. The players that are in the Europa League are just going to have to, you know, fend for themselves, kind yeah. of. And that, you know, as long as we secure top four, we're in the Champions League. And ultimately, that's what you want to win the Europa League for. Yeah. So, our next opponents we meet now tomorrow evening Wolves versus Arsenal, 19th in the league, meets us. Uh, Wolves are, you know, been ravaged by injuries. And I mean, that's not to mention on the injury list. I mean, they've got. Chiquinho, his long-term injury, they said Johnny is probably late November, so that's like dead to the fullback area. Um, Nunes, he's one of the new boys. He's, I mean, there's big questions on him because he had a sort of issue midweek. Uh, Neto has a, a knock that, I mean, he could be playing, but they're also not 100% sure if he's going to be fully fit, even if he is forced you know, to play through that uh, pain. Yeah. And then Jimenez has a hernia issue. Uh, that very new signing of them, Kalancic, that they just bought, I think a week later, he ended up rupturing his knee ligaments when the season uh, started. So he's only back March 2023. And then, of course, Diego Costa suspended, as always. With us, it's almost like uh, Smith Rowe is still uh, end of December. Like, I mean, I think he should be back roughly when the season restarts again. And then, of course, Tommy, I saw there's still big question marks in him, but I mean, like with Japan already <clears throat> choosing him for the World Cup, I mean, I don't think the issue must be probably that big. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I just hope he gets back to full fitness because, I mean, he also adds a lot to the squad. So, I mean, I hope he doesn't exert himself in the World Cup where he rushes himself back. But, yeah, Wolves have not really been a happy hunting ground for us. I know last season we probably had no fingernails left with yeah. on the game Wednesday. And the season before, I think the two seasons before that, we, we probably lost, or the three seasons before that, you know, we've always seemed to have uh, gotten the better of us. So, 
Um, yeah, it's going to be an important game for us, I think, you know, to, to stamp our authority, maybe get two yeah. early goals. And I think, I know it's easier said than done, but two early goals knocks the wind out of the sail. I think they're at that, you know, they're at that stage in the sea, like, you know, where, where teams form is that, like, you know, if they can get a goal, they will kind of, you know, try to push you. But if they concede an early goal and another one, it's like almost like they're thinking, ah, oh, you know what, let's just regroup after the. I mean- if you look also at that game this past week in the league, <clears throat> where they were, like, I think, 2-1 up at one point against Leeds, and then they ended up just faltering that last quarter of the game where Leeds just overran them and ended up winning at the Molyneux 3-2. So, <clears throat> I think Arsenal probably have a sort of... I, I think Arsenal probably go your route, where they going to probably try to, you know, settle the issue early, you know, get that early goal, and then really force a Wolves not to like, rearrange formations, etc. Um, I mean, I just also want to mention, like, look, the top players so far uh, in the Western ratings, uh, Neves is like 7.4 out of 10, then Moutinho 6.79, and Johnny 6.77. That's like, yeah, you know, Mr. Dependables. Then the top scorers, Neves again with four, Podence with two, and Traore with one, and uh, uh, this is not nothing much to talk much about the... Um, Nunes, Guedes, and Wang all got one assist each. And I mean, with the Wolves, goals for the season, eight goals against 22. Sure, they really seem to be the whipping boys. As I said, you know, in this game early, and I think give you incentive to your World Cup players, tell them, guys, the sooner you guys sort Wolves out, the quicker yeah. I can pull you guys off and you guys can rest your feet and get ready for the World Cup. Fully agree with that great point. Um, now, switch our attention now to the talking point side of the podcast. Um... You know, with the break coming up and, uh, you know, with, with the, you also get down the media still, you know, kind of making sort of bizarre remarks or if they try to compliment you, it feels almost like a backhanded compliment. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, you know, I actually first wanted to talk to you about Rio Ferdinand and Gary Neville, they, but they yeah. were about the nonsense, really. But I mean, for me, the, the dumbest thing before I even came on and started recording the podcast. There was a thing that Simon Jordan said of talk sports, something like Arsenal need about one billion to compete with Man City. I thought, what utter nonsense. And no wonder this guy is like a failed owner of Crystal Palace. Because, I mean, if you look at even what, what um, Leicester's budget was when they, when they won the league, you look at, at how Liverpool did it under Klopp. With it, I mean, they, they, they boosted their team, but I mean, they ended up selling big and buying big for and like getting yeah. three top players or three decent players for... The, the money that they sold continue for. And I'm just thinking, like, I mean, I don't know where the sort of comments are or, you know, points come from to, to say something like Arsenal did a billion pounds. They've done so far. I mean, you don't hear any complaints of the Arsenal in, in various quarters of the Arsenal fan base that they say, oh, yeah, this is a bad window. So far, they've been, you know, it, it looks fantastic the way they're sort of doing this whole building process. And I mean, we, you can see we're getting out, you, you start to see the light now with where you hear people saying something like, Arsenal are like a few years ahead of Chelsea now, and Liverpool have to almost like do a whole rebuild again, probably from scratch to get them, themselves looking like a decent outfit because they also have that inc- heavy inconsistency with, with Man United right now. Yeah, I don't know, like why, like I don't know, you heard Gary Neville, I think Michael Owens actually, you know, even though sometimes he would say stupid things or work on my nerves, but like he actually, you know, he's saying actually logical things about Arsenal, like I mean, you know. Gary Neville still says, yeah, he doesn't see Arsenal even ending up in the top four because of how he felt off. 
And I mean, us Arsenal fans are just literally taking it game by game. We're not making any noise in the media. We're not, you know, Arsenal are just going about doing their business game by game by game. And everyone else is like, Arsenal are not going to be title challenges. Arsenal aren't, aren't going to make the top four. Arsenal does focus on your own side at the moment. I mean, you know, we just going, like you said, the business as it is. And, you know, yeah. we, we're playing well. Give us the credit where it's due. We yeah. are playing well, but people are just love to hate Arsenal. Yeah, and I mean, uh, like, they also had now some of the critics now trying to kind of, you know, soften the whole issue. And I'm, I was just thinking to myself, and I actually say that aloud every time when I, uh, I just say, we don't need your approval. I mean, it's for us as, as fans or podcasters or whatever, for us, what matters is what the Arsenal fan base think of and, and, and what uh, think of and think like at the moment. And I think everybody knows. I mean, of course, I said, there's a small percentage that are kind of going, almost like getting ahead of themselves instead of, you know, sort yeah. of the breaks a bit. But I, I mean, for about, as I said, 90, 95% of our fan base are level-headed and are thinking the same way. We are not getting too far ahead of ourselves. We know it's going to be a grind. We know, I mean, even Ferguson used to always say it's not a sprint, uh, it's a marathon. And I mean, we know, we, we you know, tighten up those laces and we're taking it step by step. Because, I mean, you're going to get the peaks, you're going to get the lows or whatever. But we are, as long as you can keep a sort of balance and keep the equilibrium, it's, it's going so far, it's going great for us. I mean, there's nothing to complain about. I mean, of no, course, it's, I mean, you can also see the sort of standards that, that, that Arteta has got us and, and, and even the players that we even a draw already, you can see they feel down and out if, if they draw or, you know, drop a point or whatever. Even more than, say, a loss. You can see yes. the sort of peak that they're now going at. And I mean, it's, it's fantastic to watch. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, you know, get the, I think, you know, it'll be sweet, you know, touch wood, that we get the result um, tomorrow night. Yeah. Whatever happens to City, happens to City. Yeah. We get the three points. And we just enjoy the World Cup, you know, just switch yeah. off from we have the luxury of sitting on top of the league, Tashwood, and just watching the World Cup, you know, and, and, and just um, feet up and can just enjoy football without having anxiety for, yeah. you know, three to four, three to four weeks. Yeah. Um, also, I want to also mention now, like, look, with, the, with regards to the World Cup, I mean, we're going to have about uh, 10 players, I believe, from Japan, we've got Tomiyasu, England, we've got Saka, White, Ramsdale, France, we've got Saliba, USA with Turner, Ghana as party, Switzerland with Xhaka, and then Brazil as uh, Jesus yeah, yeah. and Martinelli. So, I mean, I'm, just a, a note also where I have up, the players now staying home, and it's now probably Arteta's training party also for the Dubai trip. It's Kieran Tierney, Zinchenko, Odegaard, Eldeni, Holding, Nelson, Smith-Rowe, Lakonga, Vieira, Hein as a goalkeeper, Gabriel, Cedric, Nketiah, and Marquinhos. And I just think to myself, he's probably going to now probably, you know, add maybe five or six of the under-23s probably to go with on the trip, you know, to, to yeah. make up numbers type of thing. And then, I mean, as you said, yeah, we're going to need, like, you know, to, uh, you know, have a feet up a bit a few weeks. But as I mentioned to you, Aiden, um, I mean, we can also let the listeners now know, like, look, you and I still haven't finalised, but we're all going to yeah. uh, talks that we want to do something like, uh, almost like an Arsenal player check at the World Cup and maybe... Yeah. You know, talk of how things are panning out so far. And other thing I also want to add was, um, if fans or you know, like the listeners want to message us, I mean, I've got the like our email is totally Arsenal podcast or swallitus at gmail.com. and then of course Twitter we also there are at Arsenal 
totally Arsenal one, yeah, the digit one. And then Instagram was on, that's what you normally sorting yeah. out uh, uh, online stuff. It was like the Canon Talk. Canon Talk. Yeah, Canon Talk 36 is yeah. our handle, and Canon Talk, you know, you'll find the name under Canon Talk as well. So, you know, again, hit us up there. Any suggestions as well where you think, you know, we could add or, you know, what you're enjoying? Oh, yeah, just general discussion, whatever you have anything to say. Like, maybe check also, as I said, the Twitter, especially in Aiden, you can maybe just put up all that, that names and that on there, also the handles yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. Okay, guys, Perfect. hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy the match tomorrow. Hopefully, you get three points and go into the mid season break with a three point, uh, sorry, another three point on top of the league. Bye. Let's get the three points and we can all, you know, kick our feet up and enjoy the World Cup. <laughs>